0: As the technology has continued to be refined in terms of how, to, how we use audio media, there's always been this kind of like death knell that's been predicted for radio. But what podcasting has done is it's introduced some elements to spoken audio that are much more in line with where millennials' and James years are now.
1: In a culture as politically polarized and aggressively tribalized as ours, how do people change their minds? I'm Georgie Borman, a mother and cultural commentator born and raised on the West Coast. I want to know what we can learn from people who've been on both sides of contentious issues, whether they end up on the right or the left. That's what this podcast is about. Welcome to the 180 Cast.
0: So you had a lot of scandal with like Napster and people that were pirating things and there was this, there was just kind of this negative.
1: for coming on the program with me today i wanted to pick your brain on podcasting as i understand it you have had a change of mind uh about podcasting and its its role in commentary um you've been in talk radio for a long time um how long have you been in talk radio
0: too long I'm an old man by the uh, community standards, but I'm fairly young in the actual industry. So I've been doing what I do now about 20 years. Um, But like I said, uh, it seems like uh, much, much longer than that. When you work in daily talk radio, you go through a grind that makes you feel like you live like four or five lifetimes uh, every year, uh, because the news is so intense, and everything changes all the time, so it's I'd love it. I don't feel like I actually really work very hard, but I know that I do because uh, I'm not as young as I used to be, so
1: <laughs> that's awesome. I've been in a similar situation where I worked at a startup and it just felt like one quarter was at least a year long. Uh, everything moves yeah. so fast. Um, so you know the ins and outs. Of of talk radio and this genre. Um, It's a genre that I grew up listening to, so I'm a bit of a a talk radio junkie, or at least I was definitely in high school. Um, There was some talk not too long ago about the death of talk radio, even though it's such a well-established medium for conservative commentary especially. Where where was podcasting at that point, and, and what was your perspective on podcasting, you know, in light of that doom prediction?
0: Well, I remember the advent of the Internet, so this is, you know, I I got to see it coming, and there's been a lot of things that have predicted the demise of radio over time. Everything thought that the next thing was going to kill radio. Um, when the very first televisions came out, people were like, oh, radio's done for, it'll never survive. And then you had records and cassettes, and then you had CDs, and then you had digital downloads. And as the technology has continued to be refined in terms of how how we use audio media, uh, there's always been this kind of like death knell that's been predicted for radio. And in terms of, I guess, the technical purity of radio, where we send a signal through a mixer board and it goes to a transmitter and then people receive it from a radio signal that comes into a device that they're holding there may be some truth to that but i don't think that the genre of spoken commentary spoken audio um and certainly not uh commentary that is deliverable to masses that are seeking it is anywhere near dying but i did think that when podcasting first got started that it was going to pollute the process i really thought that this was going to be something that was going to take away from the effectiveness of what these really great communicators that had built these massive radio platforms were really trying to accomplish um and i was i was very much uh, nonplussed by podcasts for the first you know 5 6 10 years that they existed um and it's only been in, in recent years that i've really seen from both the business model and from the from the effect that they're now having on the, the youngest generation, you, you mentioned you listened to talk radio in high school. You have to be one of the nerdiest people I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> because I didn't know another single human being besides myself that listened to talk radio when I was that age. So it's always been an older media. But what podcasting has done is it's introduced some, um, some elements to spoken audio that, that are much more in line with where millennials and general Zers are now because it's on their time on their schedule and it's content that you can truly kind of you know cull through and figure out what you want to listen to and you set the the kind of boundaries of what the content is in advance and i think it's one of the most exciting things i think it's revived talk media uh as opposed to having the opposite effect which i thought was going to be uh diluting it
1: Interesting, okay, so take me back to to that point when you were like you said nonplussed by podcasting what what were the things that you were hearing? what were the cues that you were picking up on that that led you to have that perspective on podcasting and to be skeptical of it like
0: what what was well, what I, were you hearing the idea at that time the idea at that time and podcasts kind of came about about the same amount of uh, it's about the same history that that digital music was was converting from CDs to down, to downloads, and so you had a lot of scandal with like Napster and people that were pirating things, and there was this, there was just kind of this negative yuck to this idea that that these digital devices were going to be as satisfactory in terms of delivering. Uh, a content uh, to a to a listener that that they were going to get from turning on their radio that came on at the predictable time and they knew when it was on and really how we thought about it. So we used to order our life around the media that we wanted to listen to. So going back to World War II, for example, um, when the president would speak and he'd have his fireside chats, the Roosevelt fireside chats. Those were always something that the family would schedule its whole day around, and then they would plan on having that time off to sit in the living room and listen to that that broadcast at night. Uh, as we got into the modern era, even as early as my high school career, um, people would uh, you know, uh live their life according to the contests so that were on the morning show. So if, if for instance in Dallas where I grew up, KBIL 103.7 FM was going to give away their five thousand dollar, you know, weekly prize, you could almost always guarantee that it was going to be Thursday at seven twenty. And people that were on their way to school, uh in their in their cars in high school and people that were on their way to work, uh, they would build this kind of anticipatory event that we we ordered everything around. What what podcasting began to do was it began to say you don't have to live your life around the media. You can schedule the media around your life, and that was a change. That was a significant change uh, for the for the average media consumer. And I think. A lot of us in the early stages didn't really didn't see that coming and didn't understand how that was going to work. Partly because we didn't have the delivery devices that we have now. Now everybody has basically a podcast player in on their phone. Um, we all it's basically a jukebox in in our pocket. Uh, our entire iTunes are all on it, but all the podcasts we want to listen to, we can access them at any time we want, and we can listen to as many of them as we want without any kind of interruption. Um, that was a that was a dynamic seismic shift in the uh, world of deliverable uh, spoken word content. And it has, it has blossomed now in ways that I think even some of the people that invented it never really believed it. Uh, 2018 was the year in which the podcast became the, the equivalent billing mechanism for marketing and ad dollars to television and radio. And that had not happened um, in years past. So it's 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 a new day.
1: Wow. So, so what I'm hearing is is from the the skeptical perspective, it looks like podcasts are contributing to the fragmentation of our pop culture. Whereas you know the same thing, it's kind of the same thing with streaming services like Netflix and Hulu. Not everybody is watching the same thing, except maybe Game of Thrones. So. I can see where, where you are coming from and being a little bit concerned that everybody listening to their own thing and sort of being in their own bubble might might break us up a little bit. Like, there would be less unity and, um, like, fewer standards regarding what we're all listening to.
0: Yeah, I, but, I don't um, even know if I thought yeah. about it that deeply, but what you were just saying really strikes a chord with me because going back to those about fireside chats in World War II – um, that was a family event. A community was built around scheduling your life to conform to when the media was available. Um, again, all the people listening to the morning show in the 70s and 80s on their way to, on their way to school or work, they're all they're all part of the community of something that's happening at that time at that moment and there's this identity, the fracturing that you just described absolutely took place because now nobody has to be anywhere at the same time because of the personalization of the delivery of the medium. So, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was, um, it was an uppercut to the jaw of the traditional media powers. I don't think that any of them could really anticipate where it was going to go, and the really smart conglomerates have now all gotten into the podcasting game. Um, so they went from being skeptical to being true believers as well. But it took it took us a little bit of understanding of of, of what was happening and how we were going to have to deliver our content better and even you know more consistently than we had before.
1: Was there a a sort of moment where you were like, aha, maybe it's not as bad as I thought it was? Or was this sort of a slow evolution in changing your mind about podcasting where you just woke up one day and you were like, hmm, it's not so bad. You know, this could be cool.
0: I think for me personally, it boiled down to how I began to adopt my usage of podcasts. So my, my radio show has always produced podcasts. And for the large longest portion of time from when we started, podcasting the show. I ignored the statistics and what was happening. Um, But then I found a couple of podcasts that I started saying, oh, you know, I have value in in checking into that, you know, on a regular basis. And then some of my favorite um, uh, Bible teachers have podcasts. And so there were things that I would That I would gain from from a spiritual perspective by tapping into a pastor that lived in a town two towns over in a church I couldn't go to, but I really wanted to hear what he had to say about this passage of scripture or this theological concept. And that little feature in iTunes where you can subscribe to the the podcast that they list became a a delivery service to me. It was my private. Uh, you know, go out and get it, uh, kind of like a pizza delivery guy bringing you the meal at night. Uh, this was bringing me the podcasts I wanted, lining them all up in my queue, and the ones that I would choose to listen to, I could. I could ignore them. I could let them sit there forever. But it was, again, it was the, the, the kind of aha moment was, is like, man, I can be anywhere at any time and get what I want to listen to um, customized for just me. And as I began to become a podcast consumer, then from the, from the flip side of the equation, I started looking into the statistics of what my own podcasts were doing and where they were going. And I discovered from almost the beginning, when you're locked into geographical radio, for example, and you're a single market talk show host, you're only heard in that area. Um, when you're a syndicated talk show host, you're heard in however many areas they have, radio stations that can syndicate you. But from the first week that we podcasted, I was heard in 50 different countries by people that were downloading me in places that I didn't even dream of ever broadcasting to. Uh, places in Turkey and Israel and Ethiopia. And I remember these these countries popping into the to the uh, the the statistics that I would be looking at and going, how in the world did they even know that it was there? To this day, I'm not even sure. But I know that uh, but I know that as we've done it longer and as we've done it more consistently, the audience for it has grown. But also the geography, the footprint continues to grow uh, around the world. So there were there, there were kind of a series of things that began to open my eyes. Um, but I think it was, I think, to, to answer your question more specifically, I think it was specifically the how I utilized it myself led to the discovery of what it was really meaning to other people.
1: Yeah, that consumer perspective is so valuable. Yep. So do you think podcasting allows, because it's more of a looser format, do you think that that can allow maybe more of an in-depth, conversation a more contemplative look at the news than we're typically able to get in the short segments that we do in talk radio do you find these to be complementary to each other or is podcasting really the next step in the evolution of talk radio
0: i think the the answer is both and Um, see there are people that listen to podcasts that don't have a great deal of time so they're still going to want their abbreviated news update but they want it condensed in such a way that it gives them what they're looking for. And then there's going to be other people that would like to take an hour to an hour and a half to sit and really hear a topic mulled over or maybe debated from two different philosophical viewpoints. And I think that as the marketplace tells us what people want, you're going to find podcasters to fill the gap and go, okay, I'll be able to deliver that to that person because I know that's what they're looking for. The one thing that I think podcasting has done to the talk radio industry specifically is that I think it's made talk radio get better at what it should have never gotten sloppy at. I'm not sure that it ever did, but it's caused them to get better because we're now not competing against just the three or four talk stations that are in our market or against the 200 talk show hosts that are syndicated across the country. We are now competing against fifty nine thousand podcasts that are in iTunes and another seventy two thousand that are in SoundCloud and the the other you know hundred thousand that are put out by various other streaming services that are out there and, and the Westwood ones and the and the private media companies like the Daily Wire and CRTV and the Blaze and even Fox News and their digital arena now. Everybody has figured out that original content, and this has always been true, but content is king, and original content is the most valuable. And I think for me, as someone who, who kind of plays in all of the sandboxes simultaneously, because we produce audio that's radio, um, uh, audio podcast, video podcast, we're on television, uh, We we do... Uh, extra-long features, for example, of interviews that we can't get the whole thing on the air, but we'll tell our listeners on the air, hey, if you want to hear the extended conversation about this, go get the podcast from the feature section. Um, there's so many different ways to use good content. It's it's made everyone that does content think more precisely and strategically about the content that they're creating.
1: Power of the marketplace.
0: Yeah. And personal interest. You can have someone that does a podcast podcast purely based on their passions. And they may only have five, 10, 50 listeners over the course of that time. But do they really care if it's something that they're passionate about? Far less so than if they're going, oh, I have to build the biggest audience ever and make this commercially profitable. The the podcast arena is the Blake Slate for spoken word audio. And it's what the producer of the content wants to make of it, it that it can become. And I think that's one of the Um, really ingenious joys of of why you're seeing such an explosion in that arena right now.
1: It is. When a lot of the podcasts I listen to, the passion that comes through from the people who are creating this content is is something special. Uh, You don't get that with, with everybody. Certainly you can find it on radio and you definitely do. But it is just that is a joy that listeners can can take part in. When even if you're listening to something that's not exactly up your alley, to be able to hear somebody be so passionate and become such an S- expert in their field is right. is is pretty awesome. You know, I'm a curious person, so as long as whoever I'm talking to is really interested in what they're saying, then I'm interested in what they're saying. I just think that's awesome.
0: Yeah, that was the genius of talk radio, and I think the best podcasters out there have captured that same quality.
1: Absolutely. Well, I am excited, and I am excited about where this podcast is going. And this well, is why I've gotten into, into podcasting because I am just because so because I am so stoked about this format and being able to interview people who have changed their minds on things. I really hope that it finds an audience and that um, my passion for the subject is, is coming through because none of this has seemed like work so far. Like, none of it at all has seemed like work. So I'm so glad to be doing this. And I'm so grateful for your help, Kevin. Um,
0: well, First of all, you're a joy to work with because you've got a lot to say. But let me play interviewer for a second. I think your listeners would be very curious, because I am, as to how you came to decide what the what the, the core of your podcast was going to be. Because I've talked to a lot of podcasters. I've talked to a lot of broadcasters. I know everybody in the syndicated radio business. I've never... Uh, I'd never heard of the idea of just talking and interviewing people and getting kind of the narrative and the story behind why they changed their mind on some big crucial issue. So what was it about that kind of idea that that scratched what itch for you? Well,
1: my background is in anthropology. So I I spent a lot of time in college reading and listening to perspectives that were totally foreign to me. and really listening to people and where they're coming from in, in a holistic perspective, not just uh, seeing, seeing people as Republicans and Democrats or, or liberals and libertarians and conservatives, but really seeing where they're coming from in terms of their whole background. So I think in a sense, I've always been interested in where other people are coming from and what we can learn from those other perspectives. Um, I have my own first principles. I have my own values, and I espouse those pretty much every day. But if I'm not listening to other people who have different views, then I'm not going to be very good at what I do. Now, what I, what I really liked about the idea for this podcast is, oh, we can talk to people who have actually been on both sides, not just the other side, but both sides. What sort of insight can we gather from people who have seen it from both sides of the glass? Um, there hasn't really been like you said an, an emphasis on that and that perspective is not only just super interesting like how do people change their minds especially in a culture and a political environment as totally polarized as ours uh, are you even allowed to change your mind <laughs> so those are the kind of people I want to hear from because to change your mind especially especially if if you are a heavy participant in the political environment, is a pretty brave thing to do. You must have some pretty good reasons for changing your mind. And that's what I want to get into. So I think people on the right and left can listen to this podcast and take something away from it because they'd be like, hmm, we lost that person because of X, Y, and Z, or, oh, I never thought about that argument for this thing over here. I should think about incorporating that into my discussions with other people who have differing views from me. So that's where I'm coming well, I from. I
0: love the concept the first day you mentioned it, and I thought, this needs to be done. So when you uh, were telling me about it, I, I, was, I was glad to, to uh, join the, the force, and I'm gonna look forward to every episode because I'm fascinated by the idea, and I think that you're gonna have a lot of good conversations to come.
1: Me too, I, I really think so. Thank you so much for joining the program and taking the time to talk with me about this. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to future episodes of the 180 Cast. You can follow the podcast on social media at 180Cast. Give us a review on iTunes if you like the podcast. You can also send me your feedback via direct message on twitter at 180 cast and if you have your own 180 story to share please hit me up on twitter as well and you can follow me at georgie underscore Borman if you so choose but you definitely don't have to until next time seek the truth share your values and listen with your heart and your mind god bless